Klein, Antonio Ortiz, and Puck Lowe. I'm Aura Bogado at Pacifica Station, KPFK in L.A. What's going on in here? Well, I told you, we're remodeling closets. I knew this was going to happen eventually, but not so soon. Come on, it's a new year, time to start over. Plus, we need more room for all your nasty construction boots. Uh, you mean stiletto heels? Whatever, they take up a lot of space, Imelda. So what's the difference between this year's closet and last year's closet? Well, um, we're going to have more student voice, regular guest editorials. What about the music and the insightful investigative reporting? Um, oh, the gossip. Yeah, that'll still be there. Oh, thank my rainbows. Great. Let's get started. Hand me a glue stick and the glitter. Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. Hi, Dan. Hi, how are you? I'm well, and how are you? Oh, come on, tell us the truth. What are you really like? I'm worn because <laughs> the sun has decided to have one last stab at, at Michigan. Oh, absolutely. Holy so I was moly. perspiring, unfortunately. Oh, hello. And now that students are back, like I have to dress better. Oh, <laughs> oh you poor thing. No, which means I have to wear pants. Not that I don't yeah. wear pants at work. I wear pants all the time to work. But I mean long pants. I have to wear long pants. Oh, really? No shorts, shorts anymore? No more shorts. Oh, man. Which is a shame, really, because I have great legs. Yeah, yes. You know what, folks? He definitely does not. He has Thank television you. legs, not radio legs. Television sure. legs. <laughs> television <laughs> legs. Exactly. How about you? How are things? Things are superb. Um. Uh, uh, so yes, I've, I've, we've been kind of joking about that. I was I was talking about how I was really disappointed with you know men in general, and mm. and because there was like some. Um, Oh, okay. So we're gonna bring us down really low, but then we're gonna bring you guys right back okay, high, okay, just okay. like as if we're manic depressive here. Um, and <laughs> the situation was is that I was doing some work um, uh, at the HIV STD clinic here in Washtenaw County, and uh, a woman walked in, and apparently after forty seven years of being a friend to this guy, he um, he raped her. And I was just like devastated. And she said, You're the only ones I can count on, and things like this. And I just, I, you know, you guys are so nice here. And I was just brought down like, Men are scum. I don't want to be a man. None of this type of stuff or whatever. Yeah, that's hard. And I was just really, really frustrated about it. And I came into work saying, That's it. I'm having the surgery. I don't care. I'm, I don't want to be identified as a guy anymore. Okay. And, um, well, so then a coworker comes in and she goes, Dan, there's hope for you men. And I said, why? Why Why is that? She goes, well, my husband asked me, are you really going to wear that to work today? As I was coming into work on Tuesday. And I said, and I'm looking at her okay. and I'm kind of like, you look great. Like, what's what's up with that? Like, you're usually your fabulous self. And she goes, and he goes, no, seriously, you're, you're, you're really going to wear this? She goes, well, yeah, I wore this to work many times like this. And. And, she, and I was just like, oh, well, gosh, you have this green top on, white pants, mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. some high heels like this. Your hair is quaffed just perfectly. I'm like, quaffed, what, nice. what, could it, what could it be? Like this or whatever. And she he goes, she was like, what's the deal? And he turns to her and says, well, you can't wear white after Labor Day. 
Nice. <laughs> and she's like, nice. and this is coming from like a you know a very blue collar you know um, uh, See, conservative some rules, some man rules you know are universal absolutely. <laughs> and I just started laughing and I said, "You're right. I think there is hope. <laughs> I think there is hope. So I'm gonna." So I won't. So she says, so Dan, don't have the surgery. Cancel the surgery. And oh. I was like, oh, yay. See, so, there's always hope. There's, yes. always, there's always exceptions both ways. Right? Absolutely. Exceptions both ways. Yes. Yeah. And so. students are back. So. Oh, that's fabulous. So I. Welcome I'm, back, everybody. buddy. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. just. When I did love EMU, the energy. This is EMU's first day today, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And so. U of M started yesterday. Oh, wow. You guys start really early. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you my know, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have a day breather. It's true. But it's been great to, to sort of get that energy back that the students bring. Yes. Right? So. You know, and I think that's what it is. I feel so re-energized. I feel so, so like, hopeful. Like, there's so many, like, there's new people, you know, the freshmen, the new, the, the folks that are the, the new master's program. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, there's just all these, you know, new energy. Like this is a new year. I'm gonna have my new books. I'm gonna have you know my new goals. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna study more. You know, have I have all those hopes and things like this. Exactly, and, just, and it's all gone by fall break or by Friday. No, one of the two. But you know, they have the first weekend, and then boom, it just goes down. But it's just I love that new energy and the new excitement and. Oh, the new faculty and the new the new 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 absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just it's just great to see things not so deserted. It's you true. Know, you know, even though I do love my moments when I can be able to find a parking space, and absolutely real close to what I'm trying to get to the Michigan Theater real quick and mm-hmm. things. But mm-hmm. you know, I I can I can put up with this. So you know who else's first aid was today? Let me think. Let me think. <laughs> let me think. No. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, it was her first day in the View. Really, today mm-hmm. or yes? Oh, wow. I think it was today. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. So, um, because I saw like on AOL that there was like uh-huh, she's already started uh-huh. to stir the pot. Can you believe it? So, so for those of you who don't watch the View as religiously as I don't, <laughs> so Whoopi went on the View and somewhat defended Michael Vick. Who what? is embroiled in this dogfighting case, right? So yeah. Michael Vick, uh, and there's a Detroit connection, actually, a tiny, tiny Detroit connection, uh-huh. because Michael Vick is for the Atlanta Falcons, and now he can't play, and now, right, and, and now the replacement quarterback is Joey Harrington, who used to be the Lions. Anyway, so <laughs> yes, gotcha. Are you gotcha. totally impressed that I knew that? I am. I'm just like, wow. Joey, Joey Harrington is very cute. Oh, <laughs> I knew there was a reason. I knew it. Exactly. There's a kicker. There's a kicker. Oh. So, um, so, so anyway, Whoopi Goldberg was like, yeah, you know, sometimes it's cultural and, and they sort of got into it, but it was, it was interesting. Uh huh. Right. Uh huh. So, so Whoopi, um, creating drama. Uh-huh. Her, her first day. It was very interesting. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so she actually, did she actually talk about it and, and, and say how, you know, he's, he, how he, he got, he's able to. Well, you Now, know, what does she mean by cultural thing? Like, we well, don't do dogfighting you know, and. Right. So, so Goldberg said that from like, sort of like a. From where he comes from, like we're from okay. where Michael Vick comes from in the South, dog fighting isn't that unusual, and she likened it to cockfighting in Puerto Rico, and and um, 
but but Joy Behar, who's a, another one of the co-hosts, right. was mm-hmm. like, you know, what about tor- dog torture and dog murder and 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 Peta and Peta exactly and and Gold and Whoopi replied that for a lot of people, um, like for a lot of people, yeah, like Michael Vick. It took him a long time to figure out that he was actually against serious charges. So oh. it was again that like cultural thing. So it's really interesting. I found it interesting that she would bring it up like that. And, and right, right. Up, so interesting. Wow. Well, you know, but that, that's so. You know, but that is so true, though. It's like what certain communities. It's it's a normal thing that the, the, how we're so quick to judge. I can kind of see where what people Goldberg's going mm-hmm, with that, mm-hmm. um, and that, not to defend dog fighting. Well, right, right. I mean, the well, then I mean, the other thing too is that I like to talk about other types of fighting too. I mean, there's some where boxing, you know, we have boxing, and then some cultures, you know, like hey, fighting is not, you know, is is so, um, so under, you know, yeah, exactly. There's just, uh, yeah, I guess they couldn't hear that on the air, but yeah, <laughs> but they couldn't. Well, I would like it know. to like bullfighting. Mm-hmm. There so, you go. Bullfighting yes. is an incredible part an incredible part of the fabric of spanish culture mm-hmm. and even in in mexico and other uh, right. latin american countries there's a lot of bullfighting yes so what is more correct yeah right absolutely but you know unlike um bullfighting i don't know what the historical roots of mm-hmm. um dog fighting are right so right I, I feel like i understand more of the cultural case for mm-hmm. bullfighting mm-hmm. than dog fighting Gotcha. So I, I would just, I'll probably get emails, right? Yeah. Well, you know, we always do about you, Gabe. You always are like you're. You're our like um, our Rosie O'Donnell, and uh, you know. I don't our... know how to take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, our our Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. of the uh, <laughs> stirring things up all the time. And you're Barbara Wawa. Yeah, you you know it. <laughs> oh my So that goodness. was interesting. So that was interesting. Yeah. No. Well, but I think that, that I mean, I guess what the the point of kind of why we're bringing that up is just kind of a talking about like, well, what is culture and mm-hmm. what is, you know, that I come from one uh, culture that does one thing, you know, other. Uh, I there's, come from another. Yeah, right? and yours just and does you other talk things. About gay culture and absolutely is that really lesbian culture, and then what about LGBT culture? Mm-hmm. Like, there are all these ways that define culture, right? Exactly, and and how that interacts with each other, and and what we find acceptable, and what other folks don't find acceptable. I mean, just I mean, this very simple thing, and I think we've heard us talk about it many times, is just the the idea of marriage, monogamy, uh, polyamory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what's normal, what's not normal, how how one community thinks about it versus another community. Right. Um, and you know, the, are we part of the sexual revolution or are we sex positive? You know, what is sex positive and what does that mean? I mean, even just like for instance, even in like, I find within churches, you know. In in one community, you know, you're very quiet. You're very, um, you just do exactly whatever the whole group does, and kneeling and standing and sitting and listening, and it's very controlled and very quiet and things like this. And in others, it is a free for all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah. engaging and very and very lots of energy and a lot of just you can do whatever you need to do. You know, when you're when you're feeling whatever, and and so I just find it. It, it's yeah. What so? What is what is our our norm? So right. exactly. Really, yeah. So we'll, maybe that's another show. Yeah. Exactly. And um and and bringing all those people together to actually have a um 
a cohesive goal or how to better the community by bringing all those folks together. A dialogue. What a concept. Exactly. So um, I think we're going to try to take a quick break. Um, maybe get um, uh, music and... Um, and then on the other side, we'll talk about, you know, coalition building and community building. Absolutely. Very important to us right now, as a- always. As right? always. Yep, exactly. So we'll see you on, uh, see you on the other side. Hi, this is Linda Lombardini from Trillium Real Estate, the lindalom.com team. You are listening to Closets Are For Clothes on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. You know, um, welcome back. You're listening to Closets Are For Clothes and we're on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Yes. And so we're joined by an amazing, fabulous, wonderful, stupendous... I'm smiling. Smiling, <laughs> Kate Runyon from the LGBT Issues Program of the American Friends Service Committee, and she's based here in Ann Arbor. Um, even and though, even though she's statewide, statewide, statewide programs directors. Holy she is. moly! Truly, truly. Luckily, you and I only have to do like a small group. I know <laughs> she does the whole state. Okay, she's got the whole mitten. And we go from here all the way to Traverse City, all the way <laughs> to the tippy top, and all the way back down. And I've driven yeah. with Kate before. Oh, oh no, Kate! Oh, no, in fact, I think so, we, we talked to you guys I, while you were uh, driving it's together. True, and I, I, I and I know that she can get to places very quickly. I can. I can. Um, I'm always safe, though, right? Always Gabe? safe. <laughs> always safe. And never doing anything illegal, like speeding or anything like that. Never. Or crossing over railroad tracks. Or quickly. making U-turns. Never. Or never. Yeah, so anyway, so so she really draws on <laughs> that that Quaker driving soul. Yes. Yeah, oh my, my. So so you know, there's been a lot of talk in um in the community, the quote bunny ears quote unquote community, right, about um the need to either have one front or several fronts and uh so when we talk about coalition building and, and building mm-hmm. our community and, and mm-hmm. being active, like mm-hmm. it's really interesting to think about the two sides of that, right? Both mm-hmm. local and national. Right, right. right. Absolutely. And it's also interesting, too, when we look at how um, we choose to do our local organizing in ways that national organizing is taught to us as well. Uh. But within our movement, we have some opportunities to start with grassroots organizing and move up rather than wait for top-down movement Mm -hmm. within Mm -hmm. the nation. So some of what what, um, I'm excited to talk with you about today is opportunities for us to really take responsibility and think about the steps that we take on a day-to-day basis and how that encourages and supports community and how we nurture one another towards interdependence rather Mm -hmm. than rather than just one single mind for one single goal, but how we can really look to um, help each other. And in that diversity and inclusion within our movement that we have inherently, we can bring so many more positive steps throughout all of the work that we do to reduce oppression, to bring equality on so many different levels. 
We could do all that at once. Yeah, that sounds we like can. a lot of work. We can. Wow. It's a whole lot of work. <laughs> Holy moly. One step at a time, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that what we're doing by taking That's only right. taking care of just race right now mm-hmm. or taking care of gender mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what what isn't that what people are doing? It is. It is. Um, there are different attitudes that we can bring to the work, though, and sometimes there are attitudes of of being so focused on one single issue that we inherently exclude other Perfect. issues. Right. And we hurt each other and step on each other's toes. So in movement building that's healthy and more inclusive, we have to really be cautious of of where we are hurting someone without even knowing it, Absolutely. where we are speaking for someone else where their words really aren't the same as what we think they are. Sure. Mm-hmm. But learning how to ask one another and engage in deeper community discussions and just in deeper relationship building one-on-one. So here in the work that we do in Michigan with American Friends Service Committee's LGBT Issues Program, we really strive for one-on-one relationship building before we get into the huge job of changing the world. And in one-on-one relationship building, we can work to find very genuine connections and a sense of real authenticity and a sense of um, love for one another as human beings and humanize people rather than objectifying them. So how do you do that? How do you go in and and sort of break down? Because I can sense, sometimes I sense that, you know, when I'm going to a place mm-hmm. or trying to connect with someone, there's a lot of resistance. So what... What, what are some strategies? That can happen. Well, I think, Gabe, just knowing you personally and you as well, Dan, some of the strategies that you employ, like humor. Yes. I finding other things to talk about. I bring them chocolate. <laughs> you do. You bring them chocolate <laughs> gifts. Um, and that always works with me. <laughs> right. Bring joy into the relationships rather than a feeling of being threatened or being fearful of someone else. Um, just approaching situations with, with that open curiosity that we find so often in children. And how can we be childlike, not childish? There's enough childishness, <laughs> childishness out there, too. And I think that's what precipitates into a lot of the drama that we see, even in our adult community. But how can we be childlike? How can we be curious? How can we really start to wonder about each other and, and ask questions and engage in a way that um, doesn't make us fearful? Mm-hmm. But sometimes in asking those questions, I mean, they can be quite fearful because mm-hmm. you might be, by asking a question, you're admitting how naive or how uninformed you are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how can you explore the, the, the wonder of communities uh, by still, but by the same time still being brave enough to be able to say, mm-hmm. this question may mm-hmm may totally get out me about my mm-hmm. my inexperience. That's a great way to say that, Dan. And all of this requires a tremendous amount of humbleness too. I'm I'm not an expert of everything in the world. I mean uh-huh. that would, I doubt would be that. amazing, <laughs> but none of us are. So you better get your business cards paid. <laughs> That's right. Okay, we're gonna move on then. <laughs> but but how can we be honest about what we know and what we don't know and really say, Hey, who are you? Who mm-hmm. am I? And look into ourselves and look into each other in, in a more genuine manner. So right here, even in this community right now, in the past couple of weeks there have been some changes that are occurring even in our our beautiful little brawn court of gayness in Ann Arbor here and 
And um, I've seen some of these issues rise up where we're wondering, you know, who is on whose side mm-hmm. and what should we do for the community? Is the community, quote unquote, my community or mm-hmm. our community? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that this would be an important topic to chat about with you all Absolutely. Today. Absolutely. It really is sort of like who steers the ship, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like it's a, sort of a microcosm of what mm-hmm. happens in the national movement. Right? It definitely is. So while people do grassroots work at a local regional mm-hmm. level, there's this huge Leviathan moving mm-hmm. the ship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and so how do we how do we make our voices heard and how do we how do we feel like how does the community feel like it, it has been heard and affirmed and counts? That's right. And when we when we're able to be in one space together and in one room together and having discussions how do we approach that? Mm-hmm. Because community has become so many different layers of reality. We have, you know, Facebook, we have chatting online, we have emails, we have, you know, IMing, we have all these different layers of how we think we're building relationships and community, but there's no replacement, I feel, for human contact mm-hmm. and learning how to really interact with people that we may not agree with completely or we might be slightly uncomfortable with in human space together. <laughs> right, right. And so I see a real need for more of that to happen now because we assume we have these connections, these alliances, these layers of communities that are being built. But when um, push comes to shove and, and there's a little bit of a schism or a little bit of a complexity that's starting to show some um, ideas or difference, uh, there's a lot of fear that comes in quickly. And I think what people don't often realize is that that there's a creative tension before mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. progress is made, right? Definitely. So, and it's growing pains. It, it is, it is, Kate. Like but puberty. sometimes those growing pains are mm-hmm. really painful. It's, it can divide the community right. very, mm-hmm. very, I mean, can mm-hmm. shatter. I mean, yeah. it, it can almost shatter a community sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, I mean, I think one of the things that I wanted to talk about also is just, is the fear. Yes. I mean, I think once we realize that we, okay, let's, um, that oh, we aren't as unified as we thought we all were, um, mm-hmm. and that we become territorial among our mm-hmm. various groups mm-hmm. and subgroups, and 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 realizing the power structure in our community, I think mm-hmm. it becomes. I mean, even in the in statewide, I, I mm-hmm. find this a, a, an issue of even um, the. the Southeast Michigan versus UP. Oh, that's very yes, true. Exactly. Yeah, Detroit versus Lansing. Like Royal Oak. I mean, Detroit versus yeah, Royal totally. Oak even, that's or Ferndale true. and Royal Oak. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that that's one of the things where it gets to be... Um, you know, as it gets to be where um, it becomes quite, I, I don't know, I, I, that, oh my gosh, if we have all this laundry um, aired, mm-hmm. uh, right, how right. can we still protect ourselves without getting hurt? And and being able to say that this is what my community needs, or this is what I need mm-hmm. um, from the community, um, and and being able to have that be heard. I guess that's the fear mm-hmm. that I'm... Mm-hmm. Is that the fear that... I, I don't know. Is the fear that I, am I going to be heard or mm-hmm. am I going to be punished? Sure. Interesting. Exactly. Interesting. You yeah. know. And you know, another good question, and, and Kate, I don't know if mm-hmm. I, you have the answer to this, 
I'm sure you do. Um, <laughs> oh my, now the pressure's on. So, so what do we, when we move forward as a community, like, is it best to have like a leader? Is it a person that we all look to or is mm. a group of people? Or is, should it come organically? Should it be this democratic sort of co-op mm. sense of style? Mm. Or, or is there a balance? Like, what is the, like, because mm. what I struggle with is making sure, yes, voices are heard, mm-hmm. but also progress is made. Right. One thing that I've seen work well in community organizing work is where there is a genuine focus on finding the leaders of different subgroups and having those leaders brought together with a facilitator that's able to work through all of the issues from the subgroups before there is a large group coming together all at once. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if if we can say, hey, you know, the, the LGBT amorphous community here in Washtenaw County has been thriving for how many years now? 10, 15 years? We've really been moving forward. I mean, sure, it's been much longer than that mm-hmm. to get to this point. But mm-hmm. we've had a lot of developments in the last 10 to 15 years in this area. And if we could bring some of the strongest leaders from different sectors together to be able to have a bit of a uh, threshing mm-hmm. <laughs> conversation mm-hmm. together where we just get all of the issues out on the table, all of our concerns so that people can be heard, all of our ideas so that there's value in that. And then those leaders are able to go back to their subcommittee, subcommittees or yeah. subgroups right. or subcommunities right. and say, look, we don't have to be fearful, but here's what's happening on the table. This is so-and-so's concern. This is this other sector of the community's concern. And how can we begin Mm -hmm. to start to be caring for each other? I mean, the last thing that we need to do right now, especially in Michigan, since it's been such a battleground for LGBT issues, is to fractionalize more. We're at a real important point right now. We've gone through the norming stages of getting together as a as an LGBT community that's a bit more formed and we're going through some storming phases right. as well and but just that's like, normal it's normal I think, I mean, it's healthy not it's trying to use the same tension, word like right. you said Gabe mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I mean the stages don't necessarily are always mm-hmm. in or like we go one two three four they're one, not two, linear three, four. <laughs> I mean we do sometimes one two yeah. three two three one two three exactly. four five you know yeah we're like a <laughs> sounds five. like music there yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah um, and then and I think that that's really great to be able to bring folks from. I guess I'm feeling very na- like a very naysayer tonight. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. but but then we always have the same people mm-hmm. at the table mm-hmm. that are at all the tables that are representing mm-hmm. all you know very mm-hmm. all the various uh, sub communities and things. Yeah. And and I think that sometimes people just get exhausted because oh, it's there it's definitely a, is that you know <laughs> burnt I, out right yeah, yeah. burnt out um yeah. and and there are some folks that really earnestly try well there's two issues for me is one mm-hmm. they get burned out but then at the same time there's some folks that are earnestly trying to get include everybody mm-hmm. but they can't seem to bring everybody to the table mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and and i've seen that even yeah. in some of our uh groups and so just the, the resources to, to, to do that. Mm-hmm. How does a community do that? Well, I just had a thought when you were saying that because it is a bit, you used the term like Leviathan too right. yeah. on a national level. I was going to ask you, level. what is that? That's a huge sea monster. <laughs> My mom actually has a turtle named Leviathan. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Um, but if, if we were able to, even from the sub-communities in, in Washtenaw County, have a statement from every single sub-community that would see themselves like, you you know, we have lesbian Moms Network. We have, you know, we have Washington Rainbow Action Project. We have um, business owners. We have all these different layers. Absolutely. If we could have a concerted effort from all of these individual groups to come as a group on their own 
towards a statement of the importance of interdependence mm-hmm. and caring for each other as communities. Maybe that first step where we all bring together our statements of our concern of, of working together and moving forward towards looking at what the needs are in our community, mm-hmm. that might be a real breakthrough. So that all the individual groups are starting to think like, what what is going on for us, but not just us, but for all of us. Mm-hmm. What about old wounds though? Old wounds are there, and um, sometimes with old wounds, we have to be really responsible about letting go of our stuff. Mm -hmm. And I see there's a sign on the wall here that says that we're not supposed to swear on air, but (laughs) 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 but wait a minute, you're revealing our secrets. I won't. I won't. (laughs) But but we have to let go of some of our stuff. We Mm -hmm. we do. Wounds are not going to magically be healed by someone else. Mm -hmm. We could sit and wait and wait and wait. Mm -hmm. Nobody is ever going to say the right thing to us that is going to heal everything from the past. There is never going to be a complete perfect moment where everything feels good. Being alive means getting bumped around a bit in life. Mm-hmm. Right. And we have to be responsible of saying, oh, man, you know, I got this huge bruise from mm-hmm. this incident here. But, you know, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to care for myself. I'm going to let the bruise go away. And I am going to let myself heal from this. Because we all bruise. We all bruise. Mm-hmm. And when we're doing this work together, we're going to bump into each other here and there, mm-hmm. too. But we individually have to be responsible for letting go of some of those old wounds and old mm-hmm. bruises because somebody else out there in the world is never going to make it perfect for you sure. to feel perfect and healthy and at peace again. That's, that's come from you. personal. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Gosh. So that's a lot of personal responsibility right there I, as it well. It really is. And how does a community become that mature? I mean, because, I mean, mm-hmm. talk about being childlike, not childish, mm-hmm. but how mm-hmm. do you become that mature uh, letting the bruises go and knowing when to take care of yourself and saying, you know what, I can get through this. It's just, it's just that other person, you mm-hmm. know, and keep moving. I think the more and more that um, we all are able to individually show that to each other, or even, you know, when I when I used to work at a university and we had young people that were in leadership roles, you know, RAs and mm-hmm. resident advisors, all the good stuff, and they were so afraid of stepping into their new leadership roles, we would say, fake it till you make it. You know, sometimes I don't feel like letting go of wounds quickly and easily. Mm -hmm. And I have to keep telling myself, like, I'm going to let go of this. I'm going to let go of it. And it might come back. It might rear its ugly head again. But I have to keep working on that process of saying, I'm done with feeling cruddy. Mm -hmm. And there's something more important to do in life rather than to become smaller and smaller and smaller in the world because of wounds. That's not fun for anybody to walk around and feel like, I can't talk to somebody else or I don't want to go someplace because I might run into somebody or, you know, oh, geez, who knows? I might see an ex at the at the gathering or something like that. It's not fun to feel those things. Mm -hmm. But if we take care of ourselves and really step up to the plate and say, what what can I let go in this situation? Right. And not that it'll happen miraculously right away. Right. Oh, no, it's a process. It's a process. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the king. So then once we do all do all that and Mm -hmm. get through that healing process, Mm -hmm. then how do you get to the point where you start committing like, okay, so this is what we're going to do as a group. This is what we're going to do as a community. This is how we're going to go forward. Well, I would hope that um, that there would be opportunities for community meetings to come forward and to be able to speak our minds, but not just speaking our own minds and not just waiting to be heard, but how can we really prepare ourselves before a meeting like that to listen, right. to really take in other people's viewpoints and other people's ideas. I think listening is so much more difficult than forming your own opinion and right. speaking it loud 
loudly and waiting to be heard, but how do we really listen to each other? So I think part of the preparation of gathering together um, as a community and being able to communicate about difficult issues is setting a tone at that meeting so that people are responsible about leaving space to um, take in information rather than just being ready to put it out. To listen, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the difference Mm -hmm. between debate and dialogue, right? It is. Because when you're debating, you're just waiting to give your piece. Exactly. But in dialogue, you're actually listening to Mm -hmm. the others. Mm -hmm. So it reminds me of this one one way of, I've used many times when I'm up against my adversaries or whatever, Mm -hmm. that um, Quakers actually have used. (laughs) um, And I'm trying to remember what her name is. Lara. Lara, yes. (laughs) Listen, affirm, respond, and add. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I find that that right. the very first part of listening, because mm-hmm. what the, for me, I really have to listen to where they're coming from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and where like what it is like because some of that is mixed with the pain. It is. And, it is. and yeah. to identify that other pain that they're having. Right. Is, and one, one thing that that I just learned from recently is a group called the Compassionate Listening Project out of Seattle, Washington. And I went to one of their trainings recently that we actually held here in Ann Arbor. And they helped us understanding uh, to understand when we're listening to somebody to separate the facts from the feelings and from the values. So I can listen to what you're saying and I can sense that you're feeling angry or you're feeling a sense of detachment or feeling a sense of frustration. And then I can hear the facts of the situation. This is going on in your life. This is going on. This is going on. And then the deeper value of what's happening for you might be something underlying that I can actually connect with. Even mm-hmm. though I might not be able to hear the person initially because all I hear is the anger. Right. So separating the facts from the feelings and from the values and not taking it personally, but just being present to listen and to take the information in and looking for ways to connect with the other person that is more deeply connecting with the values rather than fighting back and forth with the feelings. And that's a totally different paradigm of listening that oh, we're dude. all useful, used to, mm-hmm. right? And that's modeled different. for us even as children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. Absolutely. So then, so okay, so with our so with our situation that's going on with in Washtenaw, I mean, there's going to mm-hmm. be some stuff that is going to be um, that we're gonna we're gonna we have a lot of work ahead of us. It sounds like we do. I we mean, do. it sounds like we've been really trying, really trying, mm-hmm. and I mean, even going through that whole that storming and and I mean, right. I, you know, <laughs> I, I think I mean there was this one. Person was, um, that there, that we had like what I thought was interesting a pseudo community that we we kind mm-hmm. we 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 faked it you know? mm-hmm. and we, that happens in community yeah, development. There's and, usually a, a pseudo period and it's a bit of a, a veneer where yes, we think it's all mm-hmm. a community and then we get to that next layer and we go oh no right what's right what's really happening right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. exactly mm-hmm. and and I think that that's what's kind of happening is that our community is mm-hmm. really ready to grow but we. Mm-hmm. We can't seem to get into that, and that's where yeah. I think we're going to do. I have to do a lot of, mm-hmm. of of hearing each other and how we've been excluded. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that that's mm-hmm. part of the issue is that there's some concern of exclusion. Right, now. and we're also w- with the amorphous LGBT community. Many people in the community have themselves in their life gone through very painful exclusion periods, and so we need to realize that part of the context of our community sometimes we have oppression built in to sure. how we work together, which helps us, unfortunately, um, disengage at certain levels because of fear of being hurt even more. 
Right. And so we have to override our own past experiences that some of us have had with being really hurt and excluded just for being LGBT people or, you know, fraying from the norm with right. gender identity. We and, have to avoid this whole yeah. this hierarchy of oppression we do. game. We right? do. Yeah. We have to completely set a new tone. But so that's what surprises me sometimes is that even though I know I uh, of of my that I've had some pressure just because of my um, G issues, I mm-hmm. guess mm-hmm. that being gay. But I think that there is some um, is that I, I thought that well, possibly I would be able to understand that and then mm-hmm. be able to move through that I guess mm-hmm. or and say okay I, mm-hmm. I wanted to get rid of that oppression and keep going mm-hmm. um, so how does one um, you know how so that's one of the things for me is like okay so I've got to learn to get past that to realize that okay I've been taught op- how to oppress uh, exactly. because I have been oppressed exactly. and so therefore mm-hmm. um, I, I, and the easiest thing to do when we've been taught how to oppress is oppress others unfortunately right. and so it's really overriding a lot of the typical pattern behaviors that we've become really used to yes. and saying wait a minute we have an opportunity to do something completely different but we, we need to just step up and see a different horizon than what we think we see as the horizon and we need to really see a a possibility of an entirely different reality than an oppressive reality that involves um, internalized oppression and oppressing each other in the process so how do we deal with like a princess like oppression like for instance one of the things in our community that we've had to deal with and I'm I'm gonna Mm -hmm. kind of maybe out this little ear this issue in our community Mm -hmm. is that while we were going through both proposals Mm -hmm. um, there was the LGBT community uh, or there was a, a a a part of our LGBT community, I should say, and I shouldn't say us as a whole, um, mm-hmm. um, used um, uh, the people of color to um, to push our agenda, and then when it came to their to their issues, we we left we left them. You mean th- yeah. this past year's uh, Prop 2, yeah. essentially? Mm-hmm. That they helped us yeah. with our Prop 2, but then mm-hmm. when it came to their Prop 2, we kind of left them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so it's like, and, and there are some of us that had never, were never involved with that, but mm-hmm. because we're now asking them to be at the table, it's like, okay, how do I make that connection? Or how do I make that bridge um, or that, that peace offering of like, I know that there have been several people in our community that have done that to you. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, honestly, will not do that to you, or I will not, mm-hmm. I will not try to do that. But how do you continue to make make those bridges, and how do you make those um, peace offerings? Well, I, I think guess? you just did the very first step, which is being genuine and being mm-hmm. honest, and and coming forward and stating the problem or stating the hurt or stating the period of, of time that led to a bridge being burnt right. and acknowledging that because so often in movement building if, if things aren't acknowledged then bridges burn right and left yes. and we really need to make sure that they stay intact and that comes by you know just whoever your closest contacts are or your neighbors or people you go to church with or temple or, or whatever it might be saying you know man we really messed up on this i messed up on this how can right. i do this better and mm-hmm. and have that real straightforwardness gotcha mm-hmm. and trying to keep that in the forefront of our mind of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes that this we understand and we need to keep this you know, keep up keep that on the table at exactly. all times of like we're, we need to keep that in mind yeah so um so there are stev- several um 
Oh, great. Okay, so then, <laughs> so like we were saying, we have a lot of work ahead of us, mm-hmm. and and we and our community is. I mean, it's going to be challenging the next, I guess, a few months as we're trying to work through stuff, and um and. And remember that we've got a lot of positive, negative, positive as well as negative stuff to go through. And, we do. Um, we do. And I think if we focus a lot of the positive, I guess, mm-hmm. and and try to forgive and keep going, um, our community can really start be be as great as we really are. We have wonderful opportunities right now to go to a whole nother level of depth of of creating community here in this area. So I'm I'm so excited about seeing those possibilities. But we have to hold each other accountable to stay positive. That's right. We have to hold each other accountable to to be fair yes. and equal and really more move towards dismantling oppressive systems rather than playing into them. And mm. we really need to be creative as well to see beyond what is in front of us right now mm-hmm. and to see new possibilities. Absolutely. So I know you guys will do it. We're going to we try. All will. We all will. So we're going to take a really, really quick break. Um, and um, on the other side, we're actually, we have we are honored, I think, with a uh, an amazing person that I've always wanted to meet. So um, I've, I've, I've always seen her in a distance when I go to these conferences, but now I'm actually going to talk to her. So, um, uh, so uh, we'll take a quick break. This is Keith Orr from Common Language Bookstore and The Out Bar. You're listening to Closets Are for Clothes on WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 on your radio dial. And we're back. Welcome back to Closets Are for Clothes. And we are superbly overjoyed to be um, joined by the director of the Creating Change Conference, um, Sue Hyde. Hello, Sue. Hi, Sue. Have uh, we got Sue Hyde on the line? See, see, she she knew how thrilled I was to talk to her. That's that right. you know, oh, no. I, I overwhelmed her with her stardom, <laughs> and she's uh, and uh, Sue. And I've overwhelmed her with you know <laughs> with the excitement, and she's like, "What?" <laughs> I mean, you didn't tell me I was going to be talking to Dean Burns. <laughs> I've been I've been trying to get away from that stalker. <laughs> And um, so, but yes, and so, and that's one of the things that I think is really great is that Sue Hyde is the director of Creating Change, mm-hmm. which is a conference that's going to be here in Michigan. Right. It's it's you know it's the largest grassroots organizing uh, conference for LGBTQ people and their allies in the nation. It's an Absolutely. amazing opportunity amazing for us opportunity. in Michigan. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and it's celebrating ahead. its twentieth year mm-hmm. here in Detroit, and um, and we hope to have we hope to have. Detroit represent. We hope to have Michigan represent. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. And, and it's been so exciting because Gabe and I have had the opportunity to get to know each other so much better as being fellow co chairs of right. the host committee. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. So, sorry, Kate. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we have all these meetings and conference calls, but and we, meetings. We, have, yeah, and we, <laughs> we have great energy together. That's so. right. And we're, we're lucky enough to be joined by Curtis Lipscomb. Exactly. From uh, KIC, the organization mm-hmm. for LGBT yes. and SGL. African Americans and yeah. Carrie Copeland from Affirmations, mm-hmm. right? And so this, so our jobs are really to just 
to to cheerlead mm-hmm. and to rally. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're the the huge bridge builders between Cambridge, Massachusetts, and Washington D.C. and the creating change um, actual staff members and all of our fellow Michiganians. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So you guys only take out small tasks, apparently. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> when are you going to hit the hard stuff? Yeah, <laughs> the really hard stuff. <laughs> so, like, how did they come to you? Like, how did they, how did they, like, to do, because this is a lot of organizing, a lot of getting, bringing people together. We, um, we sold the most cookies. No. <laughs> Fabulous! I knew you had it in you. <laughs> well, I, I heard they were looking for leaders with a lot of heart and the ability uh-huh. to also uh, connect with a large variety of people mm-hmm. from different sectors. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. and that fits you two perfectly. So we won't get the Diva Awards, Gabe, but we'll get the Big Hearts Award. Oh, right. we'll get you the Diva Allen. Awards. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do um, it. But it's been a lot of fun, and you know, um, the next host committee meeting mm-hmm. is uh, it's coming up On the twentieth, the twentieth, and it's going to be an affirmation, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a celebration. It's going to be really a relaunch. Um, we've taken this deep breath, and we're ready to to get to work all right that's right we'll have some great musicians that are present Mm -hmm. too we'll have william scott and kyle norris not to panic but you understand that it's in five months it's coming quickly holy moly that's right oh my gosh i mean it just hit me like wait a minute february's like i I mean now that it's tomorrow yeah yeah it's tomorrow (laughs) tomorrow. and we have so many things to plan we have volunteers which is is a fabulous opportunity for anybody that's interested if you go to the Mm taskforce.org and you uh, look for the drop down for creating change there's information about who to contact to volunteer and to uh join the host committee. Anyone right. can join the host committee. Absolutely. And and uh, there's a lots of other opportunities, you know, volunteering, community mm-hmm. housing, if you live in the Detroit metro area uh-huh. and, and can uh, help host people mm-hmm. who are who choose not to or, or can't stay at the hotel site. Uh-huh. Uh, and also the programs, are, the call's out, right? That's right. The call is out for programming right now, and the task force sent out a large announcement right now. So I'm sure um, if you're interested, you can go straight to their website, thetaskforce.org, and find out how to submit a program proposal. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can bring all sorts of different varieties of expertise to the table to share with your fellow um, community members through creating change. Allies are welcome, of course, and um, other professionals. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, anyone is welcome. So do you guys have like a target of where you want, um, you know, that... Um, Okay, how do I enter this conversation? <laughs> um, um, so, um, but so there's a lot of folks that you guys are targeting uh, to um, different groups and things like this to make sure that they are represented. Definitely, it's fantastic. Definitely. All right. So I think now we're ready to to join up with uh, with Sue Hyde, the director of the Creating Change Conference. Sue, are you there? Yes, I am. Sorry, we were having a little technical difficulty, but uh, <laughs> the electronic magic has worked. Wonderful, it's great to hear your voice, Sue. <laughs> Hi, Kate. Hi. So, um, so, Sue, how did you like even start with the to organize this huge conference, huge nationwide conference? Like, how do you even grapple with it? Well, um, you know, I've been working on it for fourteen years. I've been the director. Uh, for 14 years, uh-huh. and um, we, every year, every year at the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force, we think of the Creating Change Conference 
as a, uh, a work in progress that is a continuation of the prior year and will be a continuation the year after we're working on it. So um, we have a, a good base of support, lots of folks who are interested in coming, who come every year. Um, it's a uh, unique professional development opportunity for people who work within our movement, either in paid staff positions or as key volunteer leaders in our organizations. So it's already on the calendars of lots of our friends and colleagues around the country. We uh, send the invitation as far and wide as we can, uh, but perhaps the most uh, important annual difference in the Creating Change Conference from year to year is our uh, local and regional host committee. And we have got a great host committee this year uh, working with uh, <laughs> Kate Runyon from AFFC and Gabe Javier from uh, UMICH LGBT uh, Resource Center. Also working with Curtis Lipscomb from uh, the Detroit uh, metropolitan area and an organization called KIC. And Carrie Copeland from Affirmations out in Ferndale, Michigan. That is so a good group. Absolutely. Excellent group. We've got great leadership. Our um, host committee is full of creative energy. They're working hard in a number of uh, very important areas. Uh, and I think we will have a fabulous turnout in Detroit in February. And I hope all of your listeners will check out our website at some point, www.creatingchange.org, and learn more about the conference. Fantastic. So, um, so we're, we were talking about earlier about the, like the micro part of organizing our community here in Washington County. How, how does the task force or how do they even go about organizing and doing community building at a national level? That would to me be very overwhelming. Well, um, it's important, of course, to start out with an understanding of what we are trying to accomplish through projects of building community. And I think of it as three things. We are trying to affirm and recognize our identities as lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people. We are building the confidence of our own community leadership, and we're creating stronger and more durable bonds between and amongst uh, LGBT people and allies. So we take those three, those three uh, overarching goals of community building, and we can see that there are many different kinds of projects that, that we as communities engage in throughout the course of a year that accomplish that. Pride events, uh, one kind of community building projects, project. Um, conferences and uh, gatherings for reasons of social support, for reasons of uh, uh, getting together around a particular faith tradition, uh, for fun and, and recreation, cultural events, all very important community building kinds of projects and processes. At the national level, we believe that our Creating Change Conference, the annual event that's coming to Detroit, does uh, most certainly accomplish our three goals, affirming identity, building leadership, and creating strong bonds amongst us. 
But it's also important to realize that community building is different and distinct from political activism. It is from strong community and strongly built and strongly bonded communities that political activism and organizing can flow. Mm -hmm. But uh, it would be um, a very unusual kind of uh, process if political activism occurred without a strong base of community support and community building. So we see that building the community base is the foundation for political activism and political action. We have to understand who we are. We have to know each other. Mm -hmm. We have to have uh, confidence in our leadership. And we have to have strong bonds in order to go forward into political action, where, as we all know, we don't always win. <laughs> so, right, exactly. So, so we have to be able to look look to each other again after... Um, after uh, a defeat or a partial victory or uh, a disappointment, we have to be able to look towards each other again and pick ourselves up and pick each other up to, to move forward. And that's where community plays such a very important role. And Sue, you have recently written a book about this as well, correct? Well, Kate, I have written a book. Thank you for asking. It's called, it's called Come Out and Win, Organizing Yourself, Your Community, and Your World. And uh, I, I, do, I do discuss community building projects in the book as well as, as, well as political organizing. But um, it, is, it is really my firm belief that um, we are not able to go forward with effective political work without strong community behind us. Wonderful. So now, one of the things that we were talking about earlier was about how our community currently here, here in Washington County is starting to uh, uh, fragment and starting to kind of, okay, I'll be very strong about it, saying shatter. Um, and But yet, I find that Washington County is one of the most politically action-oriented county uh, for... Um, inclusiveness and bringing people together as a community. Um, we seem to be the most the I, I, in, in, the most active county in the state of Michigan, and yet you're saying we can't have po uh, political organizing without a strong community. C what would happen in those situations? So that, does, what does that mean? Well, uh, you know, I, I, I don't live I don't live in your no 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 right. So I, I, I don't want to assume too much, but I do want to suggest that even in a strong community context, there can be an ebb and a flow to how solidly people feel in alliance with each other. Mm. And people certainly do. We do have disagreements with each other. Mm. We do um, sometimes uh, take, take a, different parts of our community will take a different course from other parts of our community. But I am not always sure that that means that our community is dissolving. In mm -hmm. fact, sometimes it may mean that some, some parts of our community are feeling bolder and stronger and better able to express, express themselves, uh, and that power relationships mm -hmm. amongst us are shifting and changing. So yeah. I'm just, I just want to pose to, uh, 
to Kate and mm-hmm. to Gabe and to you, Dan, if if perhaps that isn't a part of what is going on, that there is a, that there's a shift in power relationships and that some people are asserting themselves in a different and new way. That's a great way to frame that, Sue, it, because that what what you just said can help reduce some of the fear and the threat that is currently being felt by people individually so that we can see this as another layer of our community development rather than only framing this as becoming more shattered. And so it's really important for us to keep our eye on, like I was saying earlier, this next horizon of possibilities of seeing a whole new, deeper layer of community start to come through with the shifting in the power structures and so forth. And and to add to that, also, I mean, part of what Sue was saying is also, or that I'm interpreting also, is that that it must mean that we do have community here. Yes. Because we couldn't have it. It's a symptom. (laughs) We couldn't have it unless it was already here. And so it gives me hope that there is, there is something there. We've got something. We just got to remember it. We just have to move through it. Exactly. Well, that's right. And and sometimes I think a community does does, uh, have to... Oh, endure a little bit of of pain to get some gain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. And and as as we as we all know in our own personal lives, we go through changes, we meet challenges, and that which does not kill us makes us stronger. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Even though it's not fun, right? <laughs> exactly. Precisely. It's not fun. Bummer. It's a, painful, it's a painful experience. But I think, Kate, you're right that, mm-hmm. um, you know, keeping some folks have to keep their eyes on the prize, that there, that there is, uh, that there will be a coming through the process and an other side to this. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the differences? Like we were talking about with the with at the micro level, that what are some of the differences that you have to keep in mind at the macro level? Because I, I assume there's way more layers than what we were what we were talking about earlier. Well, I, you know, at the at the national level, um, of course, we don't have the advantage, or perhaps the disadvantage, of living in close proximity with each other. When we talk about the the movement or the community at the national level, we're talking about um, organizations and entities that represent their own constituency, their own membership, their own region or state. But uh, the the leadership has sort of filtered up and out of their base. And and now is is in a kind of a national environment where um, I think in some in some ways there's a little bit of a disadvantage in being somewhat distant from the ground. Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. we're not on the ground with our community. We're we're operating in in some other slightly. Uh, Elevated, and I don't mean I don't mean higher than I don't mean no, no. more important mm-hmm. than I just mm-hmm. mean kind of up above. Uh, well, you're dealing with like uh, you're not dealing with the individual. You're dealing with an entire like a, a group, a large yes. group. That's what right. I'm hearing. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. And so you know, it's interesting. There, there's always I think a certain amount of of uh, sort of jostling around for 
position, position in the media, um, jostling around for uh, support of various kinds, members and funding and uh, regard, you know, being held in, mm-hmm. in better regard by allies than other organizations. I think in some ways it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit uh, competitive mm-hmm. in, a, in, an, in an ally kind of way because the organizations are uh, naturally always having to think in terms of, you know, have, have, have we made our organization stronger or better able to serve its mission and its membership by doing, you know, X, Y, or Z. So, gotcha. you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, yeah. and that's one of the things that I've always been impressed with with the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force, or the Task Force now. Sorry, I'm I'm still old school. Um, <laughs> is the is the fact that it seems that you that that the task force seems to to, to express exactly what I'm I'm thinking or feeling, and when the different things happen at a national level, and and I'm always impressed with how, even though you guys are dealing with large groups and large mm-hmm. communities and uh, and more large regions, it still seems to speak to me as an individual, and I'm always impressed Thank with you. that. And it is. and I want to know the secret. Because yeah. <laughs> I have a hard enough time in my own personal relationships. Brings a wonderful warmth to the work that we do, Sue. So. <laughs> yeah, and we were separated at birth. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I, I knew it. I can see the resemblance. <laughs> She's good, gorgeous as me. Yes, absolutely. Both absolutely. fabulous. <laughs> Thank you what? so much. Go ahead. You're welcome. You're welcome. Are, are we? How are we doing for time? We are on our way out, unfortunately. All right then. Thank you, Sue. Thanks, Sue. Been great talking. Absolutely. <laughs> and I guess we'll see folks. Um, uh, the, the time kind of caught up on us really quick suddenly. So we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Closets Are For Clothes every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor 88.3. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500 or writing to 530-SAB Ann Arbor, Michigan 48109. And don't forget our new email address, wcbnclosets at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the speaker and are not the opinions of WCBN or their license the regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns and engineer Alex Belhaj, I'm Gabe Javier. Remember, be yourself because you don't get to be anyone else. You're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Uh, Robert Wells cannot be here tonight, so I'm filling in for him. And this is Bird, and this is The Hop. So stay tuned for to CBN for some good funk and soul music. Mm-hmm.